human nature as it is, all of a sudden we get distracted. But God is training His people to be good listeners, faithful doers of His Word. Hallelujah. Let's turn to Mark chapter 4. Mark chapter 4. And we heard the other day about the sower and the seed and how God wants us to long for this. He puts his word in front of us and he says, this is what I have for you. No man ever invented anything. No man ever accomplished anything. No woman for that matter. Unless there was a vision. Unless there was a goal. Unless they had something either in front of them or in their mind, in their imagination, that this is what I can be or I can get. Only then can the concrete steps be taken toward getting that fulfilled. And when it comes to the supernatural realm, we must see what God has in His Word so that we can know what the end goal is. It's to glorify Him, to make Him known to the world by becoming what He wants it to become. It's not a haphazard life, this Christian life, where we do the best we can with no goals. There's a gold, gold, and we're called to be soldiers. We're called to be athletes, I should say, compared to athletes and compared to farmers, to be patient, to be not weak in faith, but trust in God. Praise God that God doesn't tell us to trust in ourselves. Aren't you glad? What would happen when someone trusts in himself or herself? They may build an idol like Nebuchadnezzar, but it will come crashing down. They may build the Tower of Babel, but it will come crashing down. It will be a false hope, a false high. It will be a lie altogether. I'm so glad God didn't tell me, trust in yourself. I know I'm frail. I have no ability to do anything at all except to mess up things. Why? Because without God I can do nothing good. Nothing that will last, nothing that will bring him glory, really. The whole purpose is defeated. My reason for living is defeated if I don't trust in him. Mark chapter 4, the Lord told us, we ought to be like a lamp that light up the room, light up the world. Now, there's a goal. God said, this is what I've made you for. If I never see the Word of God, never hear this every day, I'll never be able to be redirected when I get distracted, to keep in the race. I can easily go somewhere else, be persuaded to pursue that which is not life, and start getting in that rat race to achieve and accomplish and to produce and to acquire how many people do you know, men and women? Some women are very lonely. They're at the top. They have all the money and all the power, but they're miserable. It's a whole act. Trying to look happy and trying to make others envy, but then there's emptiness inside. And many women, men like that too, just as the women. They may get up 
have a strict Spartan regimen, get up at 4 a.m. and run by 4.30, and then catch up on the news of the day early, get our head start on everybody else, and then start the business for the day. And make sure you have the meal breaks, and they may be very fitness conscious, health conscious. Everything is perfectly timed, and they're a lean, mean machine. So tragic, really. A person that is fit, women who envy other women because they have more lean muscle and they're muscular. Women who envy other women because of their form. Men who envy other men because of their form and because of their muscles, because of their BMWs. Whatever a person may envy that another person has. Not finding fault with any BMW or any such thing, but human nature is always looking to acquire and do something. The point we're hearing this morning is there are all kinds of goals people have. They all lead to disaster. It may look shiny for a while, but underneath there's corruption. Rust is brewing. The whole thing will be shown for what it is. Absolute vanity and folly. And why do people still do that? Because they don't have a goal from God. They don't have the Word of God. Thank God we have God's Word. Yes, He's the one, as you've been praying. We pray together, God, have mercy. It's too much sometimes. We feel, and then we lean upon the rock, and He takes us higher above the problems. There's hope. We can see with a vision from heaven. God will bring me out of this. He'll bring my loved one out of this. I have real faith because my faith is in a real living God. God says, I want you to be like a lamp. But Lord, it's so dark. God says, that's why I made you a lamp. When it's too much. When the demons are just out of control in trying to destroy you and your family. Trying to distract you. Steal your calling. All kinds of chaos. God said, I've made you a lamp, a light in that darkness. In that scenario where all hell is breaking loose, I've made you. Not light all by yourself. You can only let our light so shine when it comes from God. Mark chapter 4 verse 21 and he said to them, also he said to them, is a lamp brought to be put under a basket or under a bed? Is it not to be set on a lampstand? For there is nothing hidden which will not be revealed, nor has anything been kept secret but that it should come to light. If anyone has ears to hear, let him hear. Now in Matthew we see that the lamp is not to be under the lampstand, Matthew 5, but is supposed to be set I should say it should not be under a bed, but it should be on a lampstand. 
should not be under a basket or put in a basket. It should be on a lampstand. As I turn to Matthew 5, so we can read it together. Matthew chapter 5, and we see after the Beatitudes, in verse 14, Matthew 5:14. someone please read Matthew 5:14 to 16. Matthew 5.14, NIV version. You are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others that they may See your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. Praise God. Praise God. We see the version from Matthew's Gospel. All of this Jesus said, and these men, inspired with the Spirit of God, have taken a particular angle to explain the truth even further. Is a lamp brought to be put under a basket or under a bed? Isn't the purpose of a lamp so that you can have light? The only way it it can light up the room is if it is placed in such a position where its light will be visible and not hidden. In the Mark's Gospel, it says, the Lord saying, For there is nothing hidden which will not be revealed, nor has anything been kept secret, but that it should come to light. The light shows what's in us. And then when we are in the light, after God has revealed whatever darkness is there, then we can shine the pure light because our deeds are good, according to Matthew, speaking by the Spirit of God. We have been blessed with the light of of God's glorious presence, with the light of His Word that comes in. Yes, His Word is a light unto my path and a lamp unto my feet. That Word that is a light comes and really works in me the more I stay near it, the more I look into the Word of God, the more I hear the Word of God. And when I seek it early, that I make it a priority, His light will begin to show everything that needs to be set right. And when the darkness leaves, by God's grace and our cooperation, we become a light. He lights our lives up. We become a light. Because we become a light, darkness is exposed. We read in Romans, we read in Ephesians, That whatever makes manifest is light, in other words, truth, the Word of God. Because light will expose darkness before it drives it out. This is how God operates in our lives. He comes and shows us what's wrong, and then as we stay in the light, not refusing it, as you see in John's Gospel, 
that men didn't want to come to the light because their deeds were evil. Do you know anybody that doesn't want to read the Bible? You can be sure they have darkness within them. Notice I said not they can't read it physically for some reason, but they don't want to read it. They have eyes. They have hands. They have fingers. They can turn the pages or they can press that button on their digital device. They have access to the Bible, but they don't want to read it. To them, God is there for protection when they need it desperately. God is there for pleasure when they need some help to feel comfortable. God is there for power when they feel low and down. But as far as God exposing the darkness within them, they don't care too much for that. So they have a Jesus of their own making. But notice what it says in Ephesians chapter 5. And ask somebody to read this, praise God. Chapter 5, verses 8 to 13. Let's see what Ephesians 5, 8 to 13 says. Good, good, good. Ephesians 5, verse 8 to 13, NLT version. For once you were full of darkness, but now you have light from the Lord. So live as people of light, for the light within you produces only what is good and right and true. Carefully determine what pleases the God. Take no part in the worthless deeds of evil and darkness. Instead, expose them. It is shameful even to talk about the things that ungodly people do in secret. But their evil intentions will be exposed when the light shines on them. Praise God. Praise God. So we see that the light of God comes to us. Once our darkness is cleared away, then we can become lights in this world. Then God can use our lives to be like that lamp on a lampstand and the function will continue, the function of light. What happened to us can happen to other people. They have a choice also to become a light. But first, the darkness must be exposed. First, the person must know, I'm in rebellion against God, I have sinned. And all that is sin is darkness and death that needs to be taken away. Otherwise, I can't claim to be the light if I don't walk in the light. I can't claim to give light to anyone if I have darkness in me. Therefore, the next verse says, Awake, you who sleep. Christ will give you light which is equivalent to life awake and God will shine on you God's light comes and he exposes the darkness when we understand that we're frail and we're actually dead in our sins we're able to recognize that with the help of the light now when we recognize and admit that, 
God gives further light that will actually cause us to live in the light. Then we are able to shine the light. Where? On your job. When people are grumbling and complaining about everything from the weather to lunch, to the stocks, to their shoes, to whatever it is, complaining, complaining, scorning, making fun of this one, winking over here, did you see that one? What a terrible way to exist. To run almost on this nervous energy of sorts. Always trying to look good because of a complex. Not able to find meaning and purpose looking to God. To trying to look better than others. And you can detect that, can't you? When you're on the job, people will constantly talk. And the way they talk is to put down another one. They want you to hear it. You know why? They want you also to know not to mess with them. People have all kinds of psychological tactics learned from the devil. Comes down to pride and self-deception. But the way of the Lord is very simple. Be kind. Honor one another. Let the other one go first. Be polite. Consider how to treat other people the way you want them to treat you. It's a wonderful way. It's a simple way. It's a light way. More than one sense of the term. It's not only a way that is illuminated with God's glory. It's a glorious thing. But it's also burden-free. It's a heavy burden to always think what I'm going to say to this one and that one and if he tries to talk like this, I'm going to say this and I'm going to show them. That's not light, that's darkness. How can I be a Christian if I participate in that? And there's a contrast. Where I hear all these things on the job, perhaps, I don't not only not involve myself in those kind of things, but I do the opposite. Hallelujah. When I'm treated mean, I deliberately show kindness. Why? Because I'm a child of the light, not of the night, not of darkness. That's how I let my light shine. In my family, when there's friction, whether it's immediate family or extended family, I consider who I am and who I represent. It's not me. Remember? I have died. I'm no longer my own. I'm actually living for someone else. I'm an ambassador for someone else. The king. So whatever people see me do or say, they must know that this is what Jesus would say and this is what Jesus would do. Because after all, you're a Christian, aren't you? What a high calling. Not something to be afraid of, but something to delight ourselves in. That God would love me that much. He would call me to be his follower and his representative on the earth among many representatives, his children. But I've got to be a lamp. I've got to be a light. And I can't hide that light. I can't be incognito, undercover Christian on the job. Afraid to say the name of Jesus. 
afraid to identify myself as a Christian, yes, an evangelical Christian, yes, born again, and yes, a soldier in God's army. And yes, I do evangelize. I want people to know there's only one way. No matter what you say, I'm not going to argue with you, try to rail on you, but I'm firm in my conviction because it's the truth. We shine the light by not being afraid to shine the light. We show kindness to people and therefore the good works show them that this is actually the light and they glorify God, our Father. In Mark chapter 4, it's written about the light that it not only dispels darkness, but whatever is kept secret will be made manifest. Through your life, as a true follower of Jesus Christ, the people's sins will be exposed. It doesn't mean only by preaching. Because of your actions, your behavior, people will feel condemned, whether they show it or not. That's how powerful God's light is. It will expose the evil behavior, evil motives of other people. And of course, there will be a hostility between darkness and light, but we've been told that by the Lord. We hold fast to the Lord and we continue to follow Him. He said, blessed are you when people will persecute you. They revile you. They will say all manner of evil against you for my sake. Blessed are you. Remember? They persecuted the prophets which were before you the same way. You be happy. Rejoice. For great is your reward in heaven. This is how the light works and this is what we can expect when we shine the light. God will be glorified, the devil will be angry and people will come against us. But as we often say, when we stand with God, there will be some people from the domain of darkness that will actually transfer citizenship because they got such a clear picture of the light. First, their evil deeds were exposed. Then they decided it's a good thing that it's exposed so that I can make some changes because I see I'm far away from God. I want God. I see God is the only one that can give meaning to my life. Nothing else matters because everything is not only temporary, it doesn't satisfy. As we heard some time ago, there was a tennis player, a college tennis star and he racked up some very noteworthy triumphs by way of trophies and tournaments and it was there in his university for years and he went back 
some years later, and he got to see his trophy in the trash can. What a vivid picture. Not only the temporal nature of any achievement here, below, apart from God, but the vanity of it, the futility of glorying in something that ends up in the trash. But we have light where the good works we do, our Christian life, will actually never be trashed, although the devil will try to. It will triumph over the enemy. And forever, God will hold us up as a trophy of His grace. This is how we're called to be lights. Follow Jesus. Do not repay evil for good, or evil for evil, I should say. And certainly not evil for good. But do good to those who hate you. Overcome evil with good. That's how you shine the light. Whether it's in the family, extended family, or on the job. What makes you different? It's not just the Bible. Or church affiliation. Not even that I got baptized. What people are interested in, really, and what the devil already knows about us, is whether we're actually in the light and able to shine the light. Once again, cannot be overemphasized that I have to come before the Lord, who is the light of the world, to constantly shine His light on my heart so there's no darkness. Everything's confessed and repented of. Now I can be such a bright light as we heard in some of the sermons here, as Kerber used to emphasize, that you can have a, a glass lamp, you can put a good bulb inside, but if that glass shade is murky, has dust all over it, oil stains and whatever, grease, no matter how good that bulb is, just not going to come through the way it should. What do you suppose that glass that is so filthy is? It's the flesh. I should say the filth is the flesh. When that filth is taken away, when the flesh is crucified, say, Lord, I'm here to be humble. I'm here to be meek and lowly like you, Lord. On the job, yes. I know. People will get ahead. They step on people's toes. They get good with the boss or whoever's in charge. And they do some shady things, maybe. They do these favors. It's all with an eye of what? Climbing up. And that's maybe what works in the neighborhood. You see who you can buy. And what do you have to get to buy them? That's not the way I'm going to operate because I'm not of the darkness. When I gather on the family, I'm not going to boast about how much I made and how good my life is because of my hard work. And never mention God. No. I'm not of the night. I'm of the day. I'm a child of the day, of the light. Everything I say that will ever 
tried to give me glory, whether it's from my own mouth, if I see something is turning toward that direction or other people praise me, I'll stop it right there. And say it's because of the Lord. And only because of the Lord. That's the truth. So these are some of the ways in which we can shine the light so people will glorify God, not us. By doing the things that please the Lord, by exhibiting the fruit of the Spirit, and we gather together in the mornings, we gather together in the services in this church to encourage each other to walk in the light. If you live in the Spirit, then let's walk in the Spirit. And how important it is, because we're not meant to be lone rangers, as they say. We are a family and a body and a temple and an army all together. Every person is important. I cannot say to the ear, I don't have any need of you. Every person is important in the body of Christ. Every person has a function. If every member would repent thoroughly, and if we would encourage each other gently to love the Lord and provoke one another to good works by being polite and humble, reaching out and praying and taking the time, many secret works, I should say, where no one knows, but God knows how much praying we do for one another. God knows how much fasting we do for one another. And that's why this church is going forward. In spite of the repeated assault from the devil, it's like that army unit that's facing many obstacles. Everything seems to be going haywire. Their communications is failing. Their resources are failing. Everything's failing. And it seems like they've been battling a hopeless war. But at least one person who has a vision, who would not look at the glass half empty, but the glass half full, would have the courage to say, Look how full it is. The whole thing can be full. Let's go. Look how many victories we've gotten. I know there have been a lot of losses or severe trials, but not only is it not over yet, God has said we have the victory. A soldier in Christ's army would continue to speak the truth, which is from heaven, it's in another realm, it's in the glory realm. God is saying, I want you to bring it down by faith. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Victory in Jesus. What is it that overcometh the world? It's even our faith. Light shines, darkness is exposed. Whatever makes manifest, whatever exposes, is the light. We know that in practical terms in our human experience. You cannot make or you cannot expose something to your naked eye 
unaided by anything. You can't take a bottle of water and say, well, I'm going to hold this bottle next to this thing. And hopefully I can see it better. I'm going to pour water on this thing and maybe I can see better. I'm going to move the sofa near to this corner here. Maybe the sofa will help me to see what's in the corner. I know I'll get hundreds of dollars in bills and put it all over this area that I want to see better. No, we know. It's the flashlight. It's the floodlight. Whatever light, it's a light. That's the only thing that exposes, makes manifest. That's the light that God says, I want you to be, and don't hide it. Hallelujah. How do you not hide it? By living what you profess. By behaving just like Jesus would behave. And God is so good if we fail, if we are overwhelmed, if we have been distracted and we haven't kept our eyes on the Lord and therefore we made some blunders there, the way we acted or talked or thought, we can fail. It's not in God's program for us to fail, but in case we do, we can run to God and say, Lord, I'm sorry. We have to do that. If we don't do that, something's terribly wrong with our souls, our hearts. If when we grieve the Holy Spirit, we're not able to pick it up or care, we're in a very bad place. If all we want to do is jump and praise and shout, but never have the light manifest any darkness that's there, we're not headed to a good place. The moment we say, Lord, the first thing is, search my heart, Lord. Know my heart. Search me, Lord. Try me, Lord. See if there's any wicked way in me. And it's not to just check off on the list, but to really say, Father, as I hear some of you pray, there's a genuine connection with God. I should say, the ones I heard so far. Trusting everybody prays very sincerely before the Lord. Not caring about anybody else, but Father, what do you say? I'm not interested in what other people say. I want to know what my Father says, because I have to give an account to my Father one day. I don't want to hurt my father. I don't want to grieve him. I don't want to talk or act in the flesh. I don't want to even sound proud even for a second. I don't want to put someone down to make myself look good or to defend myself. I don't want to do it. I don't want to do that. I want to do it Christ's way, God's way. I want to shine the light. So the primary focus is I want to walk in the light to be with my father. I can't walk with him if I'm not in the light because he's in the light. He's the light. The secondary motivation is because I love my father and I abide in him and I walk with Jesus in the light, people will get to see what Jesus is like through my life. Now, can we say that? People on my job, when they see me, they know. This person is holy, this person is set apart, this person... They might not know everything, they may not know you that well, depending upon how long they've been around you. But certainly, the word's going to get around. And this person doesn't do certain things that are very commonplace. I remember on the job some years ago, 
they were buying lottery tickets. The lotto, as they call it. Everybody in the office chipped in, and I had to be the spoiled sport. Everybody's doing it. Just like everybody in the office, they come together, they buy lunch, or where they, they make a decision. You know, it's great to be a family, isn't it? This camaraderie, and it's wonderful. Everybody wants to belong somewhere. And it, on the job is, is a good place, because now people know you're likable, you're a team player, and it can be a better way to get promotions. When they came to me, I had to say, even when somebody may have chipped in and said, well, I'll pay for it now, you can pay me. No, it's not the issue of money. I don't do that. I don't gamble. It's a form of gambling. I don't do any scratch-offs. I don't do lottery. I don't do any of that stuff. I may have in the past, and I was ignorant, but no more. I trust in God. I don't trust in luck. I don't believe in some fate. I believe in God. God has been keeping me very, very well. Praise God. God has provided for all my needs. Never had to play lottery. Never had to waste money. That's shining the light. Will it stand out? Will it manifest or expose the darkness that's there in their hearts of trying to do what? Make a fast buck? The easy way? What happens? Most people lose their money because they're depending upon luck. It's not God's way. Where's the faith? Shining the light at the workplace. Shining the light at home. By doing good works when it's hurting you. When you feel like, you know, I'm ending up doing all the work or I'm ending up getting the last piece of this or no piece. What does the Bible say? Endure patiently. It doesn't say don't talk about it when you have to. But you don't talk about it immediately as we'd like to sometimes because we feel, I need to get this now. But when we do have to talk, we want to talk in a polite way and try not to be accusative. Try not to put people down. There's so much we need to learn. So much we've learned. So much we need to relearn. We're constantly in the Word. It's like a person who's constantly hanging around the coach who has taken people to the Olympics. Some coach or some team. These people are constantly at it. They don't just do the regular drills and regular exercise. They go beyond that. What will happen when you're running with, as some people say, the big boys? You actually start thinking you're a big boy yourself and you start doing what big boys do when it comes to athletics, as an example. You start to become a pro. Why? Because the standard is high. And that's what happens when we're in the Word of God. The Spirit is constantly working and we may not perceive it all the time, but there's a growth. Hallelujah. Other people can see it. 
sometimes more readily than we can see it ourselves. Blessed be God's name. It seems like every other word, every other thing is regarding God and praise God and thank God. We're in another world, yes. There's a communication with God. We're letting our light so shine automatically by walking with Jesus. May you be encouraged today to shine the light. Know this is a goal, as we said at the outset. If I don't have a goal, no vision, what I'm supposed to be, why will I ever aim for that? But God has put the goal in front of us. As a believer, I'm supposed to shine the light. The world says, you know how you shine the light? You get on one of these competitions on TV. You sing your heart out. You belt out that tune. You get the audience, the judges, everybody in tears. and You just set it up just right. You know, the pitch and the music and the ambience. You win the crowd. Boy, did your light shine. How many viewers? 200 million people saw you. They're all inquiring. Billion hits checking out who you are on the internet. All kind of contracts coming. And that's what you call shining the light. That's what the world says. And you know what? They call junior, little kids, school-age children. Look at him. Look at her. That's what you want to be. Believe in yourself. And you can be a star. A star is born. But for the believer, shining the light means wherever you are, you're able to bring glory to the living God who is eternal, who is the judge, and who is the one who will reward everyone for what they've done in this life. There are only two ways to live. We either live for God or we don't. And when we live for God, we'll be so interested in bringing honor to His name. And as I said, when you're with people who are constantly in the Word and they are sincere about it, you're going to grow tremendously. Just like the coach that leads his clients or his athletes or his team to victory. There's a track record. We have the Lord Jesus Christ. We have the Holy Spirit. We have the Father, God, to constantly work in us, to transform us. Today, let's bring glory to the Lord by the way we think about things whether they are casual thoughts or very important critical thoughts regarding critical matters, I should say. Whether they are stressful thoughts because of stress. Can we say, Lord, how do I handle this in such a way that I bring you glory, Father? That's my interest. Lord, when somebody praises me, how do I handle it, Lord, that I bring you glory? Somebody punishes me or they belittle me 
They cut me off. I know the reactions I can have. But Lord, what I'm interested in is how can I glorify you and not take away glory from you? When we ask the Lord these questions and ask Him for help, there'll be another growth that's happening, another level of growth. Where people really get to see, you know, that meek and lowly servant Jesus Christ. He's the king. But he humbled himself to become a servant. Am I walking like a servant of God and a servant of people to help them and bless them and not be proud? Do I need to change my look? My words? My tone? My decibels? How loud I sound when I speak? Maybe. Maybe the Holy Spirit will speak to us and say, you need to change your tone when you speak. You need to cool it down a little bit. It's too loud. You need to make sure that you say the right words, not the wrong words. Maybe I need to change my face. Not to put on a Jesus mask when I feel like representing Jesus. But to actually ask the Lord to make me a gentle person and to be able to convey the gentleness of Jesus to people. It's a very important trait that is underscored in the New Testament and commanded, be gentle, be kind. The Lord himself said, learn of me. My yoke is easy, my burden is light. So going back to the beginning, the light that we have can not only illuminate our own heart so we can get things right, but it can cause other people to start to look at themselves and say, I need God. And furthermore, unlike the world, unlike we, the way we used to be with fear and pride and arrogance and trying to get ahead and position hungry and money hungry, there's been a total transformation. I'm not after position anymore. If God opens the door, if God wants me to pursue something, I'll do it. And I'll do it to the best of my ability. But if it's my personal ambition, I'm no longer for that. No more. I'm not even after comfort the way I used to be, to save my skin and make sure I have pleasure in this life. I'm after the cross. I'm after glorifying God. I want to be that kind of light because that's the true light. That light would be so unique. It would be so, it would be so clear in conveying what Jesus is like. Letting the Lord examine us with His light so that we can be used by Him to help others examine themselves and turn to Christ. Changing my look. Sometimes the Holy Spirit may say, did you look at yourself in the mirror lately? Did you see how your face looked when you reacted to that person? You reacted to what they said? Maybe we need to think about that phrase, if looks could kill. 
Some people say, well, I have a tight rein on my tongue. I know I'm too smart to just let my tongue lash out what I feel. I'll, I'll hold it in. I don't want to lose my job. I don't want to lose my temper. Lose my job over my temper. I'll behave myself. I need the paycheck. But let me catch you in the street, as people say sometimes. Maybe the look doesn't really show Jesus' love, even if there are no bad words coming out, mean words. Imagine if God is allowed to completely work in us, every part of us, that just like that glass surrounding the bulb, no part is dark. There's nothing murky, no flesh, no carnality. How bright that light would be. How it will just manifest, expose all the works of dark, darkness around. How revival can spread so powerfully. Let's aim to be that kind of light. He said, if anyone has ears to hear, let him hear. We heard that before. In other words, unlike the people that Isaiah condemned by the Holy Spirit, that hearing we shall actually understand. Understand and say, Lord, I want to be the light just like you're the light. And Lord, I want to make you glad. I want to cause your heart to rejoice. We can make God happy. He's so almighty. He's so awesome. He's so perfect. He doesn't need us, but He loves us. Someone said in some Christian program or teaching of the Bible that God was lonely and He wanted human beings to give Him company. No, the Trinity was perfectly at peace. There's no loneliness. God doesn't need us. We need Him. But He loves us. And His love is the greatest love. When we say, Lord, I want to shine the light because I want to represent You, Lord. I want to please You first and foremost because I love You. You love me first. Lord, I know my situation's have a lot of darkness. There are people in my own family that they don't want to come to the light, but I understand that the more I get the flesh out of my life, the more powerfully the Holy Spirit's anointing will flow through me to really bring conviction to people and deliverance to those who are held captive just like Jesus did. Just like Jesus did. Praise be to God for the goal that He's given the vision that is given by the Spirit of God, a practical way to look at how we can actually shine the light and have people glorify our Father by our good works. This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine, let it shine. Let it shine, let it shine. Don't let Satan blow it out. I'm going to let it shine. Don't let Satan blow it out. I'm going to let it shine, let it shine, let it shine, let it shine. Whatever buttons the devil presses, however tension and stress he tries to bring, Remember, 
I'm always called to be the light, no matter how dark it gets and how difficult it gets. I know the devil's trying to blow the light out, but he can't. When I'm in the light, walking with the light, with my Lord, he cannot. As I make it my business, in whatever situation, whether I'm on the street, on the job, at home, I'm a light everywhere. It's not something, a figment of my imagination. It's the reality. It's what, I'm really a light. You are really a light to this world, dark world. Because Jesus lives in you and you have cooperated with Him, agreed with Him, yielded yourself to Him. And that song, of course, is a Sunday school song. Little ones usually sing. For us, it should no longer be this little light of mine. We're called to God's army. It should be the bright light. This big, bright, glorious light of mine. Hallelujah. Why? Because that's how much God has a, His presence in my life. The light is very bright. And I have put to death carnality. And I continue to crucify the self so that His light can shine right through me, gloriously unhindered. Hold the rays of God's light to bring not only reproof, but comfort to those people who can't find comfort any other way. There's no other way. No one can comfort them, but only God can comfort them through you and through me. Shall we pray? Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for a high calling. Thank you, Lord, for your goal that you've given us for the vision. I want to shine the light. I want to be like you, Lord. Help every one of us to continue to speak that to you, Lord, which is the truth, which is what you want to hear. Lord, I desire to walk in the light completely. Lord, let that be our continual heart's cry. And I thank you, Lord, that as we walk in the light, you promised the darkness in our homes will flee. Sometimes we pray and pray. Perhaps we haven't really looked fully at what things may be remaining that are hindering light from entering into the hearts of our loved ones. Lord, we have heard that if we have nothing to hinder that, the power of your word, the power of your light, the power of our true testimony will draw people at least some people, to come over to the light. And Lord, whether good or bad, people will glorify God one day. Thank you, Lord. We praise and thank you, Lord. Father, I thank you for having mercy upon us. Father, I thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your truth. I thank you, Lord, for... Thank you, Lord. Thank you for everyone, Father. Everyone, Lord, who's going through anything. This day, Lord, give them your comfort. This day, Lord, speak to them continually and they can get their lives exactly, Lord, to be in the light as you are in the light. Help us to have a glorious day, my Father. Thank you for all their mercies, Father. Thank you for giving rest unto your people, Lord. 
Thank you for strengthening our arms to do what you want us to do. All who have to go to work, Lord, this morning are already on their way or there. Help them, Lord, to remember what they heard, to represent you well, Lord, by your grace. Bless them, strengthen them, encourage them more. Help them, Lord, to have a glorious day. Those who have to go to school, Lord, help them, Lord, to represent you, Lord, to think faith, to speak faith, because you call us to trust in you, not in ourselves. Thank you, Jesus. What a weight that's off of us, Lord, that the world carries continually. We trust in you, the living God. Some trust in horses, some trust in chariots, but we trust in our God, in the name of our God. Thank you. Hallelujah. We praise and thank you, Lord. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen.